You are listening to the Techie Leadership Show with Bogdan and Andrei. Hello and welcome to the Techie Leadership Show. Today with me I have Jennifer Canweiler. She has a PhD and is a certified speaking professional, a leadership speaker who helps organizations harness introvert talent. She is the author of the upcoming book, Creating Introvert-Friendly Workplaces, How to Unleash Everyone's Talent and Performance, as well as The Introvert Leader, The Genius of Opposites, and Quiet Influence, which has been translated into 18 languages. 18 languages, Jennifer. I think maybe Hi. Romanian, too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I should check it out I, and see. I should I check. Know. Yeah, I'm going to look back here on my shelf. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the show, Jennifer. It's a pleasure. Andre, it's my you. pleasure. Thank you for having me. And do you want do you want to add anything else about yourself? Are you going to edit this, by the way? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, uh-oh. this is going I to guess, be yeah, in. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I no, it's not it. going to get edited. It's oh, all no. raw, okay. <laughs> so it goes straight. So this so part is going to be in. I should have done my due diligence before. Okay. Do I yes, want to add? No, I think you. I think you summed it up. Uh, just that I've been working in this uh, in this niche or niche, as you might say, in Europe uh, for about the, yes. the past twelve years. And so, yeah, I'm I'm thrilled. And a lot of the people I work with are on the technical side. That was what really um, inspired me to to focus on this area of leadership. Yeah, and I'm really excited because you work with introverts and. I've known a lot of people that are introverts and it's something, it's like a mix that goes well in, in tech. Usually find a lot of people that identify as introverts. Uh, Maybe they're not or they are, but they identify as being introverts and they want to succeed. And sometimes they feel that because they're introverts, they don't have the same opportunities. So I'm really excited about uh, talking with you and finding out some stories and then finding out more about the information, the wealth of information you have. So with that being said, let's jump in. What would be the biggest leadership success story you've witnessed personally? The biggest leadership success. I have to say that uh, I, writing and speaking and publishing four books um, on this topic of how we can embrace the quiet strengths of introverts. To me, um, Andre has been the most satisfying professional journey of my career. I have often heard it said that you shouldn't ever call yourself a thought leader, so I'm not going to do that because <laughs> it's okay. not very humble. <laughs> but I, I guess if I, you know, other people call me that in this space and um, it, it's so gratifying to be able to, uh, to write and speak and uh, and uh, and lead in this area and, and keep uh, beginning initiating the next conversation around how we can make the workplace a one that embraces all kinds of personality types and allows them to succeed. So that's been for me the long term uh, success. I think it's been, as I say, over the last twelve, even fifteen years, um, being very committed to getting the message out about. Leaders come in all, as you say in your podcast, all sizes and shapes. Maybe you don't yes. say it exactly like that, but right, we were chatting about that before. And uh, so that's that to me would be my greatest success. 
Yeah, and it's, it takes courage to, to do it because it's a new field. It's not something that is discussed a lot. I was really surprised by um, what you're doing. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you know, in the beginning, I, it was people would look at me. I'd say, oh, my, they say, what's the name of your book, your first book in this area? I said, oh, The Introverted Leader. And they would look at me with these kind of like puzzled <laughs> expression. Isn't that what we call an oxymoron? You know, something that doesn't go together. <laughs> and be a leader and you know the gratifying news we still have a long way to go in terms of acceptance and in different parts of the world i think it's also different or even within certain countries or companies uh organizations yes. where there's acceptance of this uh, personality type as one that could rise to the top of their organization or make huge changes and we are still educating people so yeah, I think I appreciate that. I, I don't I didn't really reflect on the fact that it was courage to me. It's it's uh, I've always been an advocate and a supporter of people I felt weren't being heard in, in all of my work, you know, as a as a starting out as a counselor and and then moving into coaching and leadership development and training. All of those areas have always been my main purpose has been to bring out the strengths in people. So it's it's kind of a constant theme. I know because you mentioned like the introverted leader. I would be like really curious what would what would be the major differences between an introverted leader and an extroverted leader. Oh, wonderful question. Uh, the the introverted leader tends to embrace um, what they do really well, and what do they do really well is they a couple of many things, but I'll highlight just a few. Taking quiet time to really be do deep reflection, so that when they do speak. They are speaking words that have meaning and have been uh, vetted by themselves and, and really have, um, ha have been uh, not just off the top of their heads, as you will. And that's where they get respect from people because their, their words, whether it be about the vision or the mission or just connecting with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, have been thought, uh, thought through and uh, they're not just reacting they're responding, they're responding. So those, those are, that's one of the ma many areas that introverted leaders shine in. And not to say that extroverts don't have a lot of qualities, but, but that's certainly one that, that really stands out is that thoughtfulness and reflection and um, calmness, humility. We were just talking about being humble. You know, introvert leaders don't necessarily yes. brag about their accomplishments, but you know, they, they certainly get them, uh, get them done um, in, in many ways. Um, so, you know, if you think about a lot of the introverted leaders, you know, uh, in our in our world who, who exist out there, you know, even people like Einstein and many of the people from the past um, who have uh, who have accomplished great things. Steve Wozniak, the other in your world, right? The technical yes. world, the other <laughs> Steve, you know, he wasn't the one you heard so much about. Right. It was usually Steve Jobs when he was really responsible exactly. a lot for the development of the uh, the Apple computer. So it's a lot of times they accomplish a lot, but don't necessarily brag about it. And, that, and that's something that's important to realize if you have like an introverted um, leader, mm -hmm. team leader or manager, whatever mm -hmm. position he is in, or maybe he's a leader, but without the title. And you realize that he's more of towards being an introvert. When he speaks, you better listen because so that's it's probably right. important. That is exactly right. And uh, somebody, I once had an introvert say to me, uh, who was who was on the leadership track? She said, "You know, I think the people in my company, or I see them as like cackling geese. They're all 
quack, 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 quack. <laughs> and then the, there's a bird called the great blue heron. She goes, I do bird watching. I know about this bird called the great blue heron. It just swoops in and gets its prey. <laughs> and she said, that's how I see myself as an introvert, you know, and, and you will hear that from people that say, when they talk, people listen, like you're saying, Andre. We can all think of leaders like that, right, in our own lives. Or exactly. maybe people that were... You know, I had an uncle who was a barber and he, he made a, my uncle psych made a huge difference to me in my life in terms of how I felt about myself, but he was a man of very few words, but I listened to those words and I felt love from him. And we can all think about people in our lives who aren't just in our companies, right? Who make that huge difference to us. Uh, and since we're talking like relating to introverts and working with them, um, how is having meetings where they're also present affect and you have a mix? You have extroverts, you have introverts, you have maybe people that are smack in the middle of the uh, of the whole spectrum. Right. Uh, you know, meetings always comes up and in the survey uh, as a pain point, I should say, for everybody. It's not just uh, now, especially oh, yeah. that right? you, you would agree. <laughs> I would agree. You know, it's it's funny because. Uh, the higher up I moved in management, the more I started enjoying meetings. <laughs> the lower I was, the more closer to the production line, the more I hated meetings. So and what do you think that difference? Why, why did you enjoy them more as you moved up? Uh, because actually, <laughs> it's, it's control fun, it. but the, 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 the job that I was doing, my, my role was to hold the meeting. <laughs> there you go. So you had a little control yeah. there. But that's, but that's a real plus. And again, a, a good effective leader in meetings, an introverted leader, I've seen do this quite a bit, is very cognizant, listens to the people in the meeting. It's yes. not just about them. In fact, they do much less talking than they do listening. But back to your question about, you know, about meetings, mostly everyone hates meetings. And on a, a study we did for this recent book called Creating Introvert-Friendly Workplaces, um, that was one of the number one complaints. We had 50% of our respondents say, uh, and we had over 240 responses, um, say that, you know, they did not feel the question was around, do you feel like you are included or engaged in meetings? And over 50% said no. And that's, oh. when you think about that, I mean, that's not just a nice to have. Think about what that organization is losing is if that's the way they operate and they're not hearing from 50% of the people. It's pretty astounding Ooh. in terms of lost creativity, innovation, motivation, all the things that make for a company to perform. So it's, it's and really what can, can be done. What can be done to engage them? To Well, you know, it doesn't take a lot to engage people. I think we have to just number one, we have to uh, prepare. We have to know that the intro, one of the introvert strengths is to prepare. So if you're running a meeting and you haven't presented an agenda ahead of time, or as one leader oh, told yeah. me, they present questions, you know, ahead of time saying, I'd like you to ponder these questions. We're going to be addressing them because the introvert does like to think about things. So instead of just saying, oh, bring it to the meeting. Here we are. Let's do some, you know, we've all been to those, right? Let's brainstorm yes. on the whiteboard. <laughs> and who's up the at surprise the meetings. We have a meeting, yeah. but we don't know what's about. We don't know what it's about. Oh my gosh. Those <laughs> yeah. are Why are we here? And then nobody says it. Nobody has the courage, as you say, to say it or is able to. It's not safe enough to do that. The other thing they can do is to, you know, to prepare and, to, and make sure there's an agenda. Um, be just aware when you are in the meeting, in the pre, in being in the present, and you are noticing that there are several of the same people who are communicating or talking, 
it's really your responsibility as the lead or the facilitator. And I'm sure you probably did this, Andre, is just just reach out to those people who are not saying anything yes. to check in with them. So Andre, do you have any thoughts about that topic? And just be quiet. And when they don't answer like that second, right? Because exactly. introverts like a little silence. So you have to be comfortable with that little pause. Um, so and you also have to make sure, for at least from mm -hmm. my experience, that the extroverts don't cut in and don't yeah. let the introvert, even if you say like, Jim, what's your thoughts on this? And somebody, Bob, who's an extrovert, might say like, he might start talking during that slight pause. So it is your job also to make sure that you get everybody's feedback. Absolutely. And and I think you can do that also in ground rules in a meeting. Like you can either explicitly or implicitly just model that behavior that we're going to not interrupt. Now, I will say about interrupting in defense of the extroverts, that's how they think. So a lot of times they get a bad rap because they're like, oh, they interrupt. But when I have studied, <laughs> right, you're laughing. Yeah. They did it for me. I was looking for that while I'm talking to you now. Um, please don't talk while I'm interrupting. That was a t-shirt contest and the expert, <laughs> extrovert said that. They laughed at themselves. I love it. That's how they it. communicate. If you ever see two extroverts talk. So it, I'm not saying it's necessarily intentional that they do it They and they also don't like silence a lot. But we all have to like in meetings really take that pause. And now we have these remote meetings as our way to you do it. You know, whether you people are listening to this during you know, the Corona and quarantine um, situation or afterwards, one of the things that we can leverage in virtual meetings, because I've been working with introverts for like over 10 years in these scenarios and, and, and is the using the, yeah. chat the chat function. Because many introverts will tell you they're very comfortable writing. Okay, so yeah. you will see some very vibrant engagement in those chats. We did a session yesterday for a group talking about this topic we had 200 people from all over the world and there were at least a hundred comments we counted that people were commenting to each other now people could say you're multitasking but actually <laughs> yes. not, it's a way to get into the involvement and that way you're not multitasking on other things you're kind of it's sparking interest but you don't necessarily want to talk in that larger group right so the chat function so i think that's really important to be aware if people are not speaking and, and you know, very uh, diplomatically bring them in um, and call on those people, use chat and, uh, and help and prepare. I, I mean, prepare your own focus for the meeting and make sure that it really needs to be a meeting. Right, Andre? Yes, it has. <laughs> how often like do we remote think? work. Is, Sorry? How, how is now life with more reward, uh, more, more reward, remote work? Is that like a dream come true for uh, more introverts? A dream come true, yeah. A lot, a lot of people yeah. think that um, that that's really uh, the case, and there are a lot of pros that introverts will tell you right now. Uh, I'm not sure when people are listening to this, at what stage, if they've gone back to work or they're still kind of have a hybrid model of work and home. But a lot of introverts are enjoying that opportunity to to have the quiet time. But I'll say there's a caveat with that. They do like that, and the ones who get it. Um, they like the chance to think they like the chance to have autonomy that somebody's not checking in with them. You know, none of us really want no. that anyway, but introverts really go crazy when you're stopping by and interrupting. Well, how's it going? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that they're not missing. One of the things they said in our survey was, and we incorporated this in the book, and this was with the open office that people really, uh, 
were very pushing back a lot about were a couple of things. Well, one of them was the interruptions at work and the stimuli, the noise. Because introverts are very sensitive, oftentimes more sensitive than extroverts who, you know, get their energy from other people, but they need um, less time to decompress than, than introverts do. But there's also some research that says that introverts are more sensitive to noise and light. And so at home, you can control that situation. Now, let's talk a moment about the cons. Of those are sort of the pros, right? Okay. I could ask you, what do you think that is? Do you think you could think there's any negatives for introverts working at home right now? Oh well, they um, like from my point of view, it would be like a lack of human connection and uh, yes. relating, having the water cooler, even assisting with the water cooler talks that happen in companies and uh, getting to know your colleagues better. Because you hear stuff when you're at work. If you're not at work, if you're not in the same space, even I hate like the op uh, open office. I don't like the concept. <laughs> I don't really enjoy it that much. I don't think it's a, it's a good idea, but it makes for, um, it makes it a little easier to get to know each other and uh, yes. create uh, the, the company culture. There's, I agree with you. Um, there's three areas of an effective office when I was studying this for the, for the latest book, Creating Introvert-Friendly Workplaces. And the three areas that I discovered were collaboration, socialization, and focus. So the collaboration is how we work together on teams and get things done that way. Um, not always on teams, but you know that, that's a lot of the way work gets done now. Um, socialization is what you just mentioned, Andre. It's those informal... Yes kind of like stop by and how's it going or, you know, learning about people. And then the focus is just the individual heads down work. And so we have to look at how do we honor those? How do we make that work? And remote work does give that opportunity, but I will say here are the cons. Uh, the workloads now are particularly intense. I don't know if you're hearing that too, but people are yes. getting a lot of work thrown on them. There's pressure, right, to work all the time, there's no boundaries. You don't close your office door. So people are having to learn to, how do I set some boundaries with my manager, you know, with myself at the end of the day, it'd be very easy to keep working after dinner and go back in the office in my, in my corner of my apartment, right? And work, so uh, yeah. setting boundaries, sorry? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's true, that's true. Yeah, and many people have a house full of people they're living with, you know? And even if when this thing ends, you're still going to have kids at home. <clears throat> so it's, it's uh, for many people. So it's managing that. And for, I've heard some people say, I used to go to the office to get away, <laughs> to have, you know, to have a little space between work and home. I had that commute time. I could decompress. But I did hear a cute idea. Somebody told me that the other day they decided to replicate their commute time. They just take a walk and they kind of, you know, wind down. And that kind of thing. So we're finding some new practices that I think are coming out of this. And for example, I worked a long time remote. And actually when I was going to, to the office, it was like holidays because at home, it's really hard to pace yourself. And uh, if you, you tend to work more than you would do because it's, it's so easy. The desk is there. You had an right. idea. Why wait until tomorrow? I'll do it now. So Right. The companies win by allowing remote work because usually people work more, they overwork themselves. And the challenge as a leader is 
to make sure that people pace themselves when they're at home, not that they don't do the work, that they might actually burn out faster because of it. Good point. I think it's a really great point. Uh, I don't think it's sustainable, that kind of pace. You know, and so you're absolutely right. The leader's role is to to model that. And I, and I think that's really important, too. We pick up, we watch when our leaders are sending emails at two in the morning. You know, are we supposed to respond to those right away? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I had someone tell me last week that she was feeling very burnt out. She actually works here. I'm in Atlanta at the CDC. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can imagine what they're dealing with right now, right? Yes. The Center for Disease Control. It's not easy. It's not easy. So she and her team were so burnt out. So she went to her manager and said, look, I can't, I, I'm going to have to take Friday off. And he said, no problem. Let, we all need to do that. So let's let's talk to the team about renegotiating this because you guys need to stay healthy. <clears throat> but I think that's a discussion we all need to have. Exactly. And getting back to, to the stories. Uh, I'm really curious what what is the biggest leadership failure you had the unfortunate experience of witnessing? Oh, gosh. Where do you want me to start? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Everybody has so many. <laughs> <laughs> this, But you know what? As you probably would guess, this is where you learn the most. Exactly. So I was That's very I excited. I'm sorry. That's why you have That's it. That's why Those I have the Yeah. Smart question. So I had a, uh, a new job opportunity, which was going to take me out of a consulting firm to work internal. I used to sometimes go back and forth and do consulting, and then I would go work in a company. So this was at a utility company, and I was going to have, it was really the first time I was going to have a, um, an assistant, you know, who was going to be just assistant for me, who was going to execute. And... Um, I remember I was so excited, I had so many plans and there were many opportunities to make change in this company. And it seemed like I had the support of all these people that had brought me in on, in other, on the team. Yeah, so it sounds like a good thing so far, right? So I met my yes. assistant, Amy, and, and uh, I just, I couldn't get a read on her. Usually I can pretty much connect with people a lot of the time. And I just, she didn't, just didn't show much at all on her face. Um, she didn't respond. And so the more she, I would meet with her, I had a few meetings with her and I remember just, I, the less she spoke and the less she would say, uh-huh, uh-huh. And she, I knew she was very competent because I had seen her Vita and her resume and I knew her background <laughs> and she did not respond. So the more that I would be enthusiastic about my plans and what I wanted okay. to do and how she was going to be part of the team, I could see her body language shrink back even more. Okay. So I, I finally was desperate. I didn't know what to do because I knew I needed her to be successful. And uh, I tried everything. So a few weeks after I got there, I went to see the, uh, the HR guy, Mark. And I said, Mark, yes. what do I do? I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I need her. And he said, Jennifer, I'm really surprised that you did not realize that Amy is an extreme introvert. And okay. you are more extroverted and the more enthusiastic you get, the less she's going to be want to take that in. And so she really is disconnecting with you because you're, she can't follow the train of your thought because you're expressing a lot of it, which extroverts do. Yes. By the way. Uh, so you know what happened? I wish I could tell you, um, Andre, that, you know, Amy and I were best friends and I became godmother to her children. But that yeah, did not happen. It, it wouldn't be <laughs> the answer to this question. <laughs> uh, no, the result was we had a so-so uh, relationship as, as boss to uh, employee. 
and we got the work done. But you know, in retrospect, it was it was very helpful, so helpful for me to learn from that experience to not make assumptions about people when I first meet them, to get to know them, to understand what makes them tick. It was a huge lesson for me, and it it, it made a big difference in how I worked on teams or as a leader with people reporting okay. to me in the future. And is that is this story what motivated you to choose this field and basically want to help introverts uh, and to contribute more and have a more pleasant experience? Uh, Actually, work? no. It, it was no. I was already <laughs> I was already writing about. No, it, actually, I hadn't written my first book yet. You're right. But I, I was very involved in um, advocating for introverts at that point. So I should have known, right? Okay. I should have known. Should but have it known. shows, you know, and so I will tell you what really motivated you. There were two pivotal incidents. Okay. One, okay. one was when I was first married to my husband, who now we've been married almost, we've been together almost 50 years. I know I don't look oh, that old. We're in video. <laughs> Yes, I do. Um, so anyway, you're not editing this out, right? So, okay. No. So I'm going to, sometimes Bill will hold up the book and he'll say, read the book. <laughs> um, Bill is a introvert and I talk about him a lot in, in my programs and, and write about Bill because he was where I really learned about this because it was the same situation in, in a different form. I was driving with him one night and we were, uh, we had just been married. We'd come back from a party and uh, he was pretty social at the party. I think I was getting along with people. And, and then yes. uh, I found out he didn't say a word in the car. And I kept saying, Bill, what's wrong? What's wrong? And we were driving home. And he didn't answer me. He basically just kept driving. Yes. And I said, Bill, so I'm thinking, a penny for your thoughts. You know, I'm asking. Then I said, oh, my God, my friends were right. I never should have married this guy. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? What did I do? So we got home to our tiny apartment. He went to one side, I went to the other. And really, it was so small. And I just like, what started out as a good evening, a really fun evening, really became a, a yes. no good at all. A bust. A bummer, yes. A bummer. That's a good word for it. And so fortunately, Andre, a few weeks later, I, I was working and they had a workshop on the Myers-Briggs, which you may be familiar with, which Carl Jung's yeah. idea about... It was a, you know, a test that was the evolution of which came from the Carl Jung's theory about introversion, extroversions, and it expanded on that. And yes. I realized, I had my aha moment, I realized that you know, this guy who always would be with people, but then he had to get away, he had to get away. Whereas I could go on to the next thing and be with more people. We were introvert and extrovert, we were opposite on that dimension. Yes. And we eventually both took the Myers-Briggs and it really did help our relationship to understand uh, that and other things, but that was a real turning point for us. And I always had that in my mind. And so when I started working in companies or organizations, I worked in higher ed, I worked in, uh, in government, I worked in the Fortune 50 companies, I kept coming across people who I knew were introvert. I could just tell just the way they operated yes. and they acted, their behaviors. And I could see they were being overlooked, ignored, misunderstood. And I became very passionate about understanding them and sharing with other people and educating people as to what this personality type, these different personalities types were, and how we might better understand each other and communicate with each other. So that was the pivotal part. And then as there were other markers along the way, as I would get yes. into 
And one involved a technical situation with a guy, which I can tell you about. I don't know if you want another story. Yeah, sure. You like yes, stories. I want. Uh, I like stories. You want, I want. Best sponsor. <laughs> stories are good. That's how we learn. Uh, I, that's how I learn anyway. So, yeah, there was this guy, Sean, who was in a le- I was teaching a multi-day leadership class. And he was in the back of the class and wasn't saying a lot. And, but, you know, he was, I could see he was taking notes and, and that kind of thing. And, but at one of the breaks on like the third day of the class, it was a five-day class. I went up to him. I said, Sean, it seems like you're, you know, you're interested, but I'm wondering, how's it going for you? I'm, I'm not hearing from you very much. And he, he looked at me and he said, you know, Jennifer, um, it's, it's interesting. I think I'll use the concepts. And he didn't seem very enthusiastic, you know. And I said, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm never going to be a manager in my company. There's, you know, he was an engineer. I said, he said, there's, I said, why, why is that? He seemed pretty, you seem pretty certain of that. And he says, uh, well, everybody talks really fast to her managers. They, um, they're loud. They're not like me. They're just not like me, Andre. Can you, can you relate to that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what happened. And so I said to him, well, listen, there's so many incredible people, Bill Gates, you know, Warren Buffett, I started bringing out all the names of introverted leaders who I knew and I was bringing them in technology, but I could see that. And he was like, oh, okay. But he, I could see he really wasn't convinced, you know? So I really don't know what happened to him. I don't know what happened to Sean. If his, he went back to his company and, you know, they appreciated his talents and, and utilized him and he went on the leadership track um, or if he left and he found a place maybe that better suited him. But it was at that moment that I really, I think about him a lot because I think, well, think about the loss in his self-esteem, yes. right? And who, what his belief in himself that he could lead and also his company and his team and what they're losing out if this guy is disengaged exactly. or leaves. So it was a very pivotal moment. So I think between my personal experience and my experience at work in these types of situations. And there were many Sean's after that and Shauna's women too, who by the way, also have a challenge with introversion, which I can share with you. But um, so that, that, those really were the influential markers, I think on why I pursued this so strongly, this topic. Oh, amazing. And you know, Jennifer, you made me so curious because based on all your experience and the, the work you're doing and your point of view, I'm really curious, what, what is your leadership philosophy? What is my leadership philosophy? Um, let people be who they are and work with that as a leader. Work with that to get the, to get the job done. And you, you will get it done more, in, more than you ever could have imagined if you work with yeah. who folks are and let them be who they are. Don't don't try to change people. <laughs> That's like husband and wife. You, you try to change it others. Yes, you live no, with them, and you can't you try to I, change each other. It doesn't work. That, it doesn't work. I. That's one of the first <laughs> principles in this book, the genius of opposites. When I looked at what made successful pairs of opposites, introverts and extroverts, that was actually the number one step. So you could have written this book, Andre. It's called. <laughs> Except, you know what it's called? Accept the alien. Because when you do accept that person is different than you, you're in for a lot less stress and you can get more out of your partnership if you work with that. 
right? And, and I'm leaving that. Me and my wife on paper, we do not make sense, but we enjoy our company so much. <laughs> and it's the best don't thing. Don't make like, sense. If you yeah. 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 But if you would show my my profile, my psychological profile, and the way I am, and my wife's, any jury would say, no, there's no chance here. <laughs> any jury. I love it. No. So I, but I think obviously you guys have been committed to work on this communication because you yes. don't always, right? Always see. Yeah, no. It's the same, way. It's the same at work, outside, though, isn't it? I will say that one of the findings that it just reinforced for me how important this is in the latest, uh, the latest book, Creating Introvert Friendly Workplaces, is that the leaders uh, and the leaders uh, use one on one approaches with their folks. And people, people now remotely and virtually are doing that. They're making efforts, the good leaders, to check in with people, even if it's a short 10-minute, 15-minute call, see how yes. you're doing, to see what, how can I support you in your work right now. Um, and that, to me, is it's just it's, it's one of those simple things, but it's not so easy for people to do, to make that effort, to check in one-on-one. -on -one. So you were saying about your wife, you, you guys probably talk about the differences and try to work it through, right? Yes, we talk. We talk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's good. And it's good. And uh, Jennifer, for aspiring leaders, what would be the, the top three tips you would have for them to get the most out of their the introverts they have on their on their teams? Oh, for the for the introverts on their teams, number one, yeah. uh, listen more than talk. Okay, yeah. listen more than um, talk. Number two, be transparent. And, and what do I mean by that? Uh, be open about your personal style and your needs. You know, some if you're an introvert, say it. Say what, what that means to you. Because that's very important that people hear that, who you are. Number three, oh, and related to number two, you share your story. Like you're asking me stories. Tell stories about yes. how you got your your successes and your failures. The failures are even more important, right? And number three, yeah. what would number three be? Be a champion, be an ally, um, particularly as I think about this for introverts. They people Introverts still need to be advocated for, whether it be in meetings, whether it be in hiring. You know, just because that person didn't speak a lot in the interview, he still might be the best person, right? to solve our software problem right now. Just because he wasn't yes. a great communicator, it doesn't mean, what are you looking for? What are the actual capabilities you need? And then, you know, really continue to champion for people who you think really would be a good fit. And I guess I'll add one to that that's related to it is uh, be aware of your own bias. We all have yes. biases, right, Andre? That things are so deep sometimes we don't even realize um, but be willing to look at ourselves and confront those. Exactly. And that's so important. And since we're talking about championing, I know you've been spearheading the introvert revolution in a way. Uh, right on. And do you have any predictions for the future? Any hopes? 
Yeah, I'm very hopeful. I'm I'm very hopeful about the future. Um, I think um, I'm living in in being sequestered right now. I think a lot of us are look relooking at how we get work done. And uh, many times when change happens, my understanding is it doesn't usually happen when things are comfortable. It happens when we have a a crisis, right? Yes. So right. So you know, for instance. I'm very, I'm very hopeful. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I do know that we now have options. We know that we can do, we can get work done in many kinds of ways now, right? So before it might be a long time before that would be accepted. And I think about how remote work is an example. I mean, I've been around a long time. People were talking and advocating for it back in the eighties. I'm not kidding. There were a lot written about it, right? And the pain wasn't there. So now there's pain. So I think there's going to be more change. So I, um, I'm very hopeful from that standpoint, from the current situation. But also, number two, I'm hopeful because there is more awareness of introversion now and extroversion and how it can be another lens to look through when communicating and connecting with people. And so that awareness of that dimension of personality that we as leaders and individual contributors have will only help us be more effective in like harnessing the talent that we have in our, in our organizations. So I'm very hopeful. Yes. And I'm a hopeful person also. So it uh, sounds like you yes. are too. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. I know. I've been, uh, I can tell. I, I've been told that I'm an optimist a lot of times, uh, accused of optimism. <laughs> well, of does that not go well in Romania? Uh, yeah, so a little so. more cautious. <laughs> but I enjoy it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got that sunny disposition. And, yeah, and I have a sneaky suspicion that you've read a lot of books, and I'm really curious what would be the book that had the most impact on you. Oh boy, you have so such good questions, and I I wasn't thinking about that one. Um, so let me give it just a an introvert pause here for a moment. One of yes, the ones no that problem. made the biggest difference to me. Yeah, I I one that comes to mind. There were many, but um. In the, in the business world, or helping me with my work, was the book by Daniel Goleman, Emotional Intelligence. Oh, yeah. I was, uh, it was one of, you, do you like that book? Yes, a lot. I mean, I, what that book did is, is validate um, something that I was feeling and believing for a long time, but I never had the words to articulate it. And in reading that book, it all made sense. And it was also based on research, which was very gratifying that it's smart. Being smart isn't, you know, it isn't just intellectual uh, smarts that people that have intellectual smarts reach a certain level, but then they need that emotional intelligence, right? To rise up or to be more effective, right? So that was profoundly impactful to me, that book. How about for you? Uh, what was one of your books? One of my books, um, it's Horse Sense. I don't know if you know it. No, I like the Al title. Rise and and uh, I think it's Horse Jack Sense. Trout. Okay. Yes, Horse Sense. You cannot really find it. Uh, 
Oh, really? Um, and actually, I spoke like in the second episode of the podcast about it. But the idea, it sounds like it's for people that are um, have a hobby with courses, but it, it's not that. It's about how to maximize your success and uh, why you should, if you want to be successful, don't stay alone. Network with other successful people uh, because they're going to help you. And they go and they use the analogy of horse racing mm. on, on to give you odds of success. And they go for all kinds of situations like uh, if you have uh, the best situation is if you come from a wealthy family, probably are also going to be wealthy. The chances are really high. Uh, or then if you have, uh, if you go, if you make connections and have good friends that are successful, you can also become successful through them. And it's about not kicking those opportunities, being too proud to be, say, I'm going to do it on my own and mm-hmm. saying, no, it's okay to work with other people to have success and not make it too hard on myself. It's, it's, yeah, it's okay. I like that. That's horse sense. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that definitely- that's horse sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I'll have to listen to that podcast. Yes. Um, well, Jennifer, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Where can Likewise. people go to find out more about you? Best, the best place would be my website. And it's uh, you'll have that in the show notes, I think, right? But it's, yes, it's for Jennifer, sure. J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R, Conweiler, K-A-H-N-W-E-I-L-E-R.com. Uh, and we have, I'd love people if they, we have a great uh, four quizzes on the site um, that can address a couple of the topics we've been talking about, such as, you know, your introverted leadership uh, strength. And we have the latest one that was just put up there on how to assessing your work environment and how open and embracing it is for introverts. So we'd love to get people to take that out, take that. And I think you'll see also, you'll get the results immediately. So that's all on the website. And for I want to sure, congratulate sure. you, Andre. Huh? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just going to recommend people to go and take the quizzes. I'm going to come myself and take some of the quizzes. I'm really curious to find out how, yeah. <laughs> where do I yeah, You did. I'd love to. And yeah. the, uh, the latest book that we have all the books on the, on the website as well. You can get them through all of your book channels. Uh, but the latest book is called Creating Introvert Friendly Workplaces. And that's coming out on June 16th. So of uh, this year. Awesome. So uh, we would love folks to check that out uh, and uh, tell us what you think. That's awesome. Okay, Jennifer, thank you very much. Andre, it's been my pleasure. How do you say thank you in Romanian? Mulțumesc. Mulțumesc. Oh, I like that. Mulțumesc. (laughs) Muchas gracias to you. (laughs) This is fun. And I wish you much luck and and success on on your uh, podcast. And I can't wait to listen. So thank you so much. Bye-bye. That was today's episode. Tune in daily. Rate, like, subscribe and share please. Oh, you can find further info and materials in the show notes on techyleadership.com, including links to the guest book recommendations.